The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Calvin Ridley suspension. Franchise tags for Dalton Schultz and Mike Gesicki. Probably for Chris Godwin as well. Some very good players off the market, but still a lot of interesting free agents like Allen Robinson. We expect him to be a free agent. Uh, Jameis Winston. Amari Cooper will likely be a free agent. Not okay, official. Could get traded, could get traded, but guys who will be on the move. We'll tell you where we want to see them go. I mean, you know what? Let's throw this out there. Is there any reviving Allen Robinson's career? Go. Of course. He goes to, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He goes to uh, Justin Herbert. He goes to Josh Allen. He goes to, you know, um, I think a team that just will, will feature him. You know, we don't know how much the injuries played a role last year. He, he obviously does not have a lot of speed uh, to the level that he was younger, and he wasn't exactly a speed guy. But with the right amount of targets and opportunity, I think he could be revived as a fancy receiver, sure. I don't think he's number one guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, but if he goes to a team like Kansas City or, or the Chargers, it's a very different situation than what he's ever been on. He's never really – he's never played with a good number two receiver unless you count – never played with a good quarterback. Darnell Mooney. Right, right. No, I know, but it's like, does he? Did you want to see Allen Robinson? Or as we talk about destinations, do you want to see him go to a team with a great passing game or a team where he's just going to dominate targets? I don't know if both exist, but you know, um, I don't think both exist. But I do think that he can still be good with a good quarterback that would hopefully you know rely on his talents. But I mean, like, look, Atlanta right now would be a good landing spot for him. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yes. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. All right. Heath, what do you think of the Calvin Ridley news? Obviously, it stinks. But from a fantasy standpoint, we spent most of the 20 minutes on our bonus pod yesterday talking about Kyle Pitts. Uh, what's your reaction? Calvin Ridley suspended for at least the 2022 season for gambling. It stinks. Um, I, I, I guess we kind of knew this was going to happen at some point with the way that gambling's going with the NFL and being legalized in all the states that these guys are in. Um it stinks for Calvin Ridley. It stinks for Matt Ryan. It stinks for the Falcons. And um, hopefully we get to see him back next year. I think, like, from my perspective, the first thing I thought, and I saw John Bosch put this poll out on Twitter, what's Calvin Ridley worth um, in Dynasty for in terms of rookie picks? Yeah, Jamie thought it was uh, the value of, of <laughs> my son potty training, I think is what you said. Poop, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I know the poll results, like, Eight percent of people selected a first round rookie first round pick, and those no are eight percent of people in fantasy leagues have Calvin Ridley on their team right now. So that makes <laughs> sense. Um, it was like twenty percent said a, t- a second round pick in the top six, 
And I think the winner was 40% set a late second round pick this year. Um, he may I'd never give play a, again. I'd give up a late second round pick for him though. That's like your, your, your late second round rookie pick may never be on your, in your starting lineup. Yeah, no, so. I, I think that's certainly fair, you know, but as we, uh, I don't know how much you, you know, you, you researched this Heath, but he's going to be 29 by the next time the next season starts that he plays. So the 2023 season, he'll be 29 years old. Uh, we don't know what the Falcons will do with him. If they keep him, Matt Ryan may not be the quarterback. So it could be a rebuilding situation. He may be on a different team because they've unloaded his contract at that point, And who knows, you know, where he ends up going. And so, you know, you're talking about, you know, no, no production in, in one season, who knows what the production will be at that point. And that's typically the time when, you know, receivers start to hit that, you know, potential cliff. Uh, I, I think he'll still be good. I just know if he'll ever be great again. By the way, when you talk about giving up a second round pick, first half of the second round, second half of the second round, does that change in super flex dynasty leagues? Because you could have five quarterbacks or so pushing the good wide receivers and running backs. Right. right. So, yeah. So how does that? I think it changes more, at least for me, and this might change in the next month too. It would change more most years than it does this year maybe, just because I don't know how many quarterbacks I'm going to, Man, like last year, we had five quarterbacks in the first round of a super flex draft. I'm not sure that there's five quarterbacks even in a super flex draft to draft in the first round. No, maybe I'm wrong. Five, wait, there's not gonna be five. Wait, what were you saying? Can last you say year, there were five yeah. rookie quarterbacks that deserved to go in the first round of a super flex draft. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's five this year in the first round. Oh, I wouldn't think so because they, the first, in the first three, two rounds, though, there will be. Yeah, the first two rounds, probably. How many how many quarterbacks are going to get drafted? Do you think in the first round of the NFL draft? Two, uh, probably four. Oh, right, I'll say three. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like every Here's other the year, they just eventually push them up. They do. This is where the NFL rules, you know, skew toward taking that guy late in the first round or trading back into it, is because you get the fifth year. Yeah. So that you know, teams want to control that fifth year for quarterbacks, and so you know, you'll you'll see it like for you know Atlanta, for example. You know, if they. Uh, you know, they, if they may have considered going quarterback at eight uh, and now with the Calvin Ridley situation, maybe changing things and they go receiver or a different position, uh, they may use their two second round picks to maybe try and, and something in 2023 to buy back into the first round and get a quarterback for the future. You know, you, you're going to see a team let some, do something like that. Right. Oh, so, Heath, what did you think of uh, Kyle Pitts? Did this change your opinion of Kyle Pitts at all? I think we talked about this last week or the week before. And I said that, like, the risk for the and listen, I think Pitts is the top three or four tight end this season and the number one tight end for sure in Dynasty. So, but I said the risk was that Calvin Ridley comes back and his targets aren't quite as good next year, or that Calvin Ridley doesn't come back and the low touchdown thing remains a thing because Matt Ryan's number one targets always had a low touchdown rate. So, um, unchanged, basically? Ba- basically, unchanged. Top, okay. top four, five redraft, number one for sure in Dynasty. Yeah, there, there, I mean, there's some weird splits uh, with and without. He actually averaged more targets per game with Calvin Ridley. I think it was like 6.8 to 6.2. But Matt Ryan threw something like 10 more passes per game in the five games that Calvin Ridley played uh, compared to the 12 that he didn't. And Ryan really didn't throw them. He threw about 30, 31 passes per game in the 12 games without Calvin Ridley, which was the last 11 games plus week four. He played 
Ridley played weeks one, two, or maybe, no, it was week five. He played weeks, he played the first four games, then he missed a game, and then he came back, and then he missed the rest of the season. All right, anyway, we spent a lot of time on that, so let's get to the topic du jour. Oh, actually, I don't know if you have any interest, Jamie. I was talking yesterday out loud while we were doing the bonus pod. Can terrible offenses produce elite fantasy options? And right now, right now, with basically every wide receiver on the team last year gone, with uncertainty at running back, and basically it's just Kyle Pitts. The Falcons have a terrible offense as of this moment. So I went back. I looked at the the five worst scoring offenses of the last five years. And have they produced any great players? Not really. <laughs> Jarvis Landry was wide receiver four in a PPR league. That was a year where he had 112 catches for 987 yards and nine touchdowns. That was five years ago. Um, they, you've had three top 12 running backs two top seven wide receivers, and three top seven tight ends. No tight end higher than tight end five. Maybe tight end four. Um, no, tight end five. In the last five years, on bottom five offenses. I don't know if that means anything to you, but if... The I Fal- mean, I, I yeah, don't think they're going to be a bottom five offense. Yeah. That's okay. the thing. I, I think, as it stands right now, yes, they're terrible. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, this this is... They lost their number one receiver. They don't have their their top running back uh, as of now on on their roster because he's a free agent in Patterson. So this is a it, Gage is a free agent, Sharp's a free agent, Zacchaeus is a free agent. You know, what I mean, like, we, we, what are we doing here? <laughs> so uh, until we see what this picture looks like, then if it comes out of free agency in the draft and they have similar type skill players to what they had last year after Ridley was off the field, then yes, you got to be a little bit more concerned. All right, we'll talk about that as it develops. Meanwhile. Join our Facebook group. Search Fantasy Football Today on Facebook or click on the link in the episode description. Chat with other fantasy fans. Ask dynasty questions. Talk through draft strategy and more. This is a great community. A lot of fun in that Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today. It is led by our friend Robert Thomas, who is often watching our live stream as we do these podcasts. You hear, Robert? Uh, All right, we'll find out. But yeah, please join our Fantasy Football Today Facebook group. There's a link in the episode description or just go on Facebook and search Fantasy Football Today. Your news and notes. Some big-time potential free agents will not be hitting the market. Chris Godwin is likely going to get franchise tagged. The deadline is 4 o'clock today, so by the time you're hearing this, you might already know. Uh, Dalton Schultz, Mike Kosicki, David Njoku. Off the market. Who's left a tight end, Heath? Oh, there's still a variety of very good options. Possibly Rob Gronkowski, um, Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard. Uh... That's good. I feel like I'm missing one still. No, I think there's uh, Gerald Everett. Oh, okay. Um, there's 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 maybe even one more. Oh. But that's all I can think of right now. Uh, Jack Doyle retired too. Jack Doyle did retire. Jack Doyle, by the way, from that previous exercise, was one of the players who had a very good year on a bottom five offense. He was tight end five or six in 2017 or 18 when they were terrible. So what about Godwin? Heath, you said on Fantasy Football Today in 5 that you projected the Bucks with a league average quarterback and Godwin still came out as a top 12 option for you, top 12 wide receiver, right? Yeah, because I still think if if they have a league average quarterback that with you know, Bruce Arians as the head coach, they're going to throw the ball more than the average offense. They'll, they'll be a little bit more pass heavy and they'll be – relatively good as a passing team and Godwin and Evans will dominate targets because Antonio Brown's not there anymore. And maybe Rob, right now I don't have Rob Gronkowski projected to be there. Jamie, is he in your top 12? Chris Godwin? No. Um, he's not far off, though. I, I think 
Uh, a, you got to see who the quarterback is because if it's Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask, that's not a league average quarterback. It's a nope. low league average quarterback. Um, and B, uh, his health. You know, so when we get closer to August, if the ACL is not a problem, he's not going to miss any time, and he's 100% ready to go, then he probably will move up a few spots depending on who the quarterback is. Uh, but as of now, he is uh, closer to 20 than he is to 12. There was a stretch last season without Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski played about half of this stretch. It was week 7 through 14. Chris Godwin had 74 targets. That was 180 targets per 17 games. And his 17-game pace, this was without Antonio Brown, was 141 catches, 1,566 yards, seven touchdowns. Mike Evans, 32 catches. Uh, well, I'll just, go, I'll just give you the targets. 50 targets on pace for 17 touchdowns, but only 1,129 yards. So basically that stretch of the season where they had some Gronk, but no Antonio Brown. Chris Goblin had a lot more targets, 24 more targets than Mike Evans in that stretch from week 7 through 14. But, you know, obviously it's Tom Brady. But So one, one thing I heard, and this, this might speak to, you know, the type of quarterback you're thinking of. Uh, someone I spoke to at the Combine, I, I should have brought this up yesterday, I guess, with our Combine conversation, uh, thinks that if they uh, don't land one of the top guys, which at this point it's looking unlikely that they're going to land one of the top guys, and by that I mean Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, um, even Garoppolo and Winston, uh, that the fallback option for them will be Teddy Bridgewater. So um, Bridgewater has never had this type of offensive system. He's never had this type of talent around him. So is he a league average quarterback? Yes. So I, I think that would probably be a best case scenario for him. You know, I, I think you'd rather see, for the receivers at least, you'd rather see somebody like Bridgewater as opposed to Mariota, Trubisky, um, Trask, <laughs> Gabbert. And yep. the, the person I spoke to said if they go that route, uh, a Bridgewater type of route, if he struggles, then then Trask would be the next guy in. Well, I can tell you there was the six-game stretch of Michael Thomas and Teddy Bridgewater. And Thomas, just the raw numbers. That stretch of his season, I believe, of his career. Of Bridgewater's career? No, of, of Thomas's career. If you if you maybe I, of Bridgewater's too. Yeah. I mean the six the sixteen game pace, I don't have the seventeen game pace, but the sixteen game pace in those six games was 139 catches, 1,707 yards, eight touchdowns on 173 targets. That was that was his his big year. Right. So um, that was the receptions down from his career total. His uh his record breaking. Actually total. everything was down but just slightly. Well, the yards up, right? No, he had 1725 yards and he was on pace for 1707. But he basically kept his pace. The only difference is he wasn't nearly as consistent. He had a game with 182 yards and two touchdowns. Um he if you just look at the game log, those Bridgewater games versus the Breeze games, it wasn't nearly as consistent, but the overall numbers were still great. So that was, was that is that the only time that Teddy Bridgewater's had an elite wide receiver? Is that fair to say? Uh, I don't remember his Minnesota tenure right. who, who the receivers. Were. Um, I mean, it, I think that depends on how you want to classify DJ Moore. Well, and yeah. and Judy and Sutton too. Yeah. All right, but he he did the, the job the for Tom. I mean, the, the system is amazing for quarterbacks. Sure. Okay. So what about Mike Kosicki? I mean, Dalton Schultz, I think we talked about that with the with the Cooper news. But uh, Mike Kosicki getting the franchise tag. Jamie, does the success of George Kittle in that offense give you hope for, for more production from Mike Kosicki? Yes and no. I mean, obviously, they, they certainly know how to get the ball to their tight ends as pass catchers. But 
George Kittle and Mike Gusecki do not play the same game. I mean, George Kittle is arguably the best combo tight end in the NFL. And by that, I mean blocking and receiving. You know, he, he's elite at both. And Mike Gusecki is by far an elite blocker. So will they continue to feature him more as a receiving threat and a receiving threat only? And I don't think that necessarily was great for him last season. What I mean by that is playing a receiver position, you know, because because of injuries last year, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, when he missed time, uh, they were splitting him out wide more so than putting him, you know, in, in a slot area, you know, as as a as a you know tight end would line up uh, typically as a receiving threat. And so I I think what happens there is uh, Mike McDaniel will get him many opportunities uh, if they feature him, but will they also continue to use the uh, Adam Shaheens of the world? And, you know, go that route a little bit more. So I think Gusecki's going to be one of these borderline fringe tight ends that if you whiff on the guy that you like, you take a shot on him because of the coach and the system. Um, and again, we have to see what this Dolphins receiving core looks like. But uh, I was actually hoping to see him go someplace else, maybe get a fresh start and, and, and see what, he, what he's like with a different quarterback. Mm. Heath, Gasicki and Kittle, you go to their pro football reference pages and you look at yards after catch, per catch, Kittle is basically double Mike Kosicki in the last right. four seasons. So I just, I guess we don't know if that's just a skill thing or a system thing or both. Because Kosicki's a pretty talented guy. I don't know. Anyway, where, where do you where do you have him right now back with the Dolphins? Uh, I think Jamie said borderline, top, borderline starter, and I originally came out with him at 13. So it sounds like we are in, in basically the exact same place. It's a, it's a couple of things. He doesn't. He's never been anywhere close to as good at blocking as Kittle, and I think maybe he's been a below-average blocker the few times they've had him do it. But it might be that Mike McDaniel or whoever he's bringing with him can make him a better blocker. I think if he plays more in line and runs those types of routes, he might do more after the catch than he has in the past. But I also don't know if he plays more in line if he's going to be good at that because we've not really seen him do it very much. Okay, and also we'll we'll see how the receiving core fills out. But as mentioned, he's he's just always when Kasiki's put up big numbers, he's just taken advantage of guys being hurt, basically. So, anything else with the news? Uh, Bill Belichick might call plays for the Patriots. That's cool. David, Offensive? I I'm pretty sure. Right? Wasn't that the update? Let me double check. I I, I did not see that, but that would be cool. that would be like I, I'd be interested in seeing that. Yeah, I'd be interested as hell. Uh, let's see. Let me just double check on that headline. Um, you got uh, you got David Njoku getting the franchise tag, and looks like they're going to bring back Austin Hooper. I don't really know. Like they don't. I don't get it. But <laughs> well, they throw to their tight ends a lot. They play two all the time. They've got three good ones. It's a lot of money to spend on tight ends for a team that doesn't really throw that much. All right. Well, trying to be the Patriots. Where's this damn Belichick update? Did I just make this up? No, he is. That's that's definitely a rumor. That was right that he might call offensive plays. <laughs> How fun would that be? That's a lot of scrutiny. Okay, I'm not going to keep. Uh, Jamie confirmed. I'm not going to keep looking. Well, I think that's our news and notes. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, oh, no, we got one just came through. Oh, what we got? Chris Godwin got the tag. Okay. All right. Now we're going to take a break. When we come back, where do we want to see? Jameis Winston, Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk, Allen Robinson, Cordaro Patterson, James Conner, etc. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. 
What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Well, there's only one free agent quarterback, I think, that as of right now, that would make us fantasy splash. Who? There are two. There's Jameis Winston and your future quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky? Yes. <laughs> and in poll update, 803 votes, 46% of people voting for Trubisky over Daniel Jones as a current better NFL quarterback. Daniel Jones at 39%. One of the highest C results I've ever had, 15%, because they don't want to vote for either one of those guys. Yeah, And you always give people the easy way out. So I don't know why you don't just make them vote, but... I'd like to think that most of the C results camp is probably on Daniel Jones's team. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Mitchell Trubisky is he? Would he just be fantasy poison for a wide receiver or tight end? No. What? No, really? Yeah, he's a backup. Okay. Would you rather have Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh or Mitchell Trubisky? Oh, Mason Rudolph is fantasy poison. I'd rather have Trubisky. Okay, pick one. I'd rather have Trubisky. Results, pick one. I I cannot. I don't know who you'd have to name. Jake Fromm. I'd rather have Mason Rudolph and Jake Fromm. You say, but you say fantasy poison. Mm-hmm. And like I think the Steelers is a perfect example that Jamie brought up. They've got Deontay Johnson, who was a borderline top twelve wide receiver last year, right? Are I think he was top. I think he was top twelve. Yeah. Are you certain that Trubisky's worse than Ben Roethlisberger at the last stage we saw of Ben? I don't know that it no. changes Johnson much at all if he has Trubisky after having Roethlisberger. No, I'm not certain of that. But I think when Mason Rudolph went in for that one game, I think it was they they tied the Lions in overtime, right? Well, they must have they tied them. Mason Rudolph's overtime. not as good as Mitchell Trubisky. No one's saying that. I know. I'm just saying I, I think that all the crap that people spoke about Ben Roethlisberger, they were like, well, actually, it could get worse. Uh, well, for sure. But I think to Heath's point, you know, the, the thing you got to hope for with Trubisky or any of these guys, you know, Mariota. Um, I mean, think about Tannehill. Tannehill left, you know, what was uh, a very high-pressure situation, you know, was uh, once again the, the heir apparent Dan Marino. Uh, First-round pick, didn't materialize with the Dolphins, had some good moments. Trubisky, I think, if, if that draft had flipped and had gone the, the quarterbacks the way that they should have gone, which would have been Mahomes, Watson, and then probably Trubisky, I forget who else is in that class. 
Um, but if, if Trubisky wasn't first and the Bears hadn't traded up to take him, he was a good prospect coming out of North Carolina. He was, you know, probably a year too soon to be starting. And he got put in a bad situation. You know, can you name the last great Bear quarterback? Um, for a season, I mean, Cutler had its moments, but no. 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 Just great, great Bears quarterback. Probably I don't know how man. McMahon is looked at in history, but no, I can't. Yeah, I don't think he was like he was great because he won a Super Bowl, but there, there, there. That's a situation that just has never produced, you know, consistent good quarterback play, and it's not all the individual players' faults. It's not all the coaches' faults. Just kind of how things have you know worked out there. But um, I think Matt Nagy has proven to be not necessarily you know the best situation for for quarterbacks to you know blossom. And the hope would be is that Trubisky comes out of a backup situation. You know, Sean McDermott talked about this. I don't think he's going to say anything negative about Trubisky, but you know, that they saw his improvement in practice and, you know, he, he hopes he gets a chance to be a starter somewhere. He's like, he, he he's not coming back to be a backup to Josh Allen again. So some team is going to invest in, in Trubisky and the hope would be, you know, that the talent around him brings him up. So I think Pittsburgh is a logical choice if they miss on the guys that they're hoping to get. And like, just looking specifically at wide receivers, Allen Robinson had the second and third best years of his career top 12 wide receiver seasons with Mitchell Trubisky mostly playing quarterback those two years. Sure. Okay. But, but you see the formula with Deontay Johnson, with Allen Robinson, it's gotta be a ton of targets over and over and over again, because they're not going to, you know, they're not going to have great seasons per target because these quarterbacks aren't good. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, what I'm saying is if I have a quarter, if I have a wide receiver on my fantasy team in dynasty and I find out Mitchell Trubisky is his quarterback, I'm not going to be happy about that. Well, Fair. depends yeah, on who I mean, the quarterback not, currently is. He's he's not the upgrade that teams I think are looking for. You know, and, and it speaks to where quarterbacks are in this draft and this free agent market. You know, Rodgers doesn't leave, Wilson doesn't leave, Watson, who knows? Um, once you get past those three guys, I mean again, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jameis Winston are the prizes. Mm-hmm. And then it's Trubisky and Bridgewater and, and Mariota. I mean, think about that. That Guys that I mean, Mariota and 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 Trubisky, former number two overall picks in, in, in yeah. the NFL draft, and nobody wants them unless they have to settle for them. So, you know, as Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and Carson Strong and you know Desmond Ritter and all these guys, are they significant upgrades over Trubisky? That's the thing teams have to ask themselves. Now the cost will matter, and so you know I, I know we're going on a, on a tangent here, but you know Adam to your to your point, um, can Trubisky still keep a receiver like Deontay Johnson afloat, or can he? Uh, go to Denver potentially and and be good for Jerry Judy and, and Cortland Sutton. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I agree with you. I'm not going to be happy about that if that's where those receivers end up with as their quarterback or the, who those receivers end up with as their quarterback. I would much rather see uh, Aaron Rodgers go to Pittsburgh or or you know his preferred destinations or Derek Carr gets free and goes to Pittsburgh. Um, what about Wentz? Well, Wentz uh, or Trubisky? Yeah, I, I think you know Wentz is Wentz is probably an interesting study because he did not have a great you know, or the discussion because he did not have a great season last year. But uh, I think that's the caliber quarterback that's not going to make you happy. But again, it's also in the Pittsburgh situation or in the Denver situation, I would much rather have a Trubisky than a Drew Locke, a Trubisky or a Mason Rudolph. You know, I think he's better than that. And and, and I'm sure he could probably say he's better than, you know, Daniel Jones for the Giants guys as well. I, w- I would say there's pro- there's five teams I think Trubisky would be an upgrade um, over what they currently have. It's Pittsburgh, Washington, Tampa Bay, Denver, and um, the Giants. 
and then probably about the same as what the Lions currently have. Probably just about the same as what the Colts currently yeah, have. Yeah, golf is better than venture Trubisky. I, I, I don't, I don't really feel that confident in that, but I wouldn't argue strongly either way. You know, if the Giants bring in Trubisky, there's he's nothing, not, not going to be the star. Uh, Carolina too. Oh yeah, he's better than Sam Darnold for sure. Being the second overall pick in the draft as a quarterback is uh, is a kiss of death. Um, So what what were you saying, Adam? If they bring in Trubisky, it's to be the backup. Is what you're saying? One hundred percent. Yes. I I I mean I think this is. I yeah, it's happening. I I I think then maybe you're just saying the Bills are not going to bring in Trubisky or the Giants are not going to bring in. I don't Trubisky. think they are. I don't think they are. They because I no think if, if the Bills brass goes and moves to the Giants and then brings Trubisky in when Trubisky's looking for a starting job, it's at least a competition. Yeah, I don't think I would so. think the only way that happens though, Heath, and I'm I'm with you, it would not be surprising, is if he whiffs on getting a job somewhere. Yeah. So he, he's he's got a Tampa's gotta say no way. Denver Pittsburgh, Carolina, Washington, they all got to say, nope, 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 nope. And then it's, okay, let me go where I'm comfortable, and there's potential to compete for the job. Let's talk about Amari Cooper, guys. How much does he have left in the tank? Can he still be, let's say, a top 18-ish wide receiver? It's kind of been his career. Yes, for sure. You think he can yeah. be? All right, where do you want to have- where do you want to see him go? I think every scenario that you're probably going to pose with the receivers, unless you're talking about quarterback upgrade, Atlanta makes the most sense um, because there's such a huge hole, and I still still think Matt Ryan could play. So, you know, there, there's probably some other you know situations that we could look at and say, okay, you know, do you want to have somebody like Cooper be the number two in Green Bay, which is totally unrealistic because of the money situation, but we know that Valdez Scantling is probably gone. Lazard's a free agent, and, and they've been begging for a second receiver forever for Aaron Rodgers. So something like that. But I think Atlanta makes makes a ton of sense if they don't get somebody else in the free agent market. Go ahead, Ethan. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of target opportunity, that would – I think they're um, – the Jets, what about, the Ra- what about the Raiders? How about a little reunion? The Raiders? Raiders don't do that. I like that. I'd like that. Uh, yeah, I would not. I don't think. Okay, so I'm looking at salary. Arizona. Cap. Oh, okay. Arizona. Arizona would be interesting. I mean, you're going to see uh, the Patriots attached to a lot of receivers. They were in the Chris Godwin, excuse me, Chris uh, Calvin Ridley uh, conversation. Um, speaking of Godwin, by the way, uh, Rappaport um, corrected his tweet that they have not tagged Chris Godwin yet, but they will tag him if they don't get a long-term deal done by 4 p.m. Okay. He's not leaving Tampa. Is the would the Chargers be a good the Chargers have the, what I'm seeing the most no. cap space. And so they can be aggressive. So you're saying no because they have they just tagged Mike Williams. So you would not want to see They did. Yeah, they tagged Mike Williams. It said yesterday they did. Now today it shows as somebody I think it's a sim- similar situation as Godwin. Okay. I think it's he's not going to not be a char- he's going to be a Charger one way or the other, but I don't know if it's official. Okay, so you don't want to see a wide receiver end up there. I don't want Cooper, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams to all be on the same team, no. Dolphins. Good destination. Would you be excited about that? You have Mari Cooper no. on your fantasy team. He goes to the Dolphins, no? No, I'd rather the Packers or the Chiefs. Okay, uh, the yes. I, I think it's because there's, there, there's – I, I want to see what they do with Parker first. But bringing back Gusecki doesn't necessarily be – isn't necessarily a great thing because, you know, you want to see – Waddle Cooper just dominate targets. 
Yeah, he'd, I'd rather see a guy go to the best quarterbacks of the league, too. But Well, I'm saying I'd rather him be a secondary option or a third option on one of those great offenses than go to the Dolphins because I still think there's a little bit of a target problem there. Okay. It'd be different if Parker was gone. Okay. Uh, guys think Christian Kirk can find a spot where he becomes a top 30 wide receiver on draft day? So- one team we did not mention, I'm glad you brought up Kirk, because one rumor that I did hear uh, was Jacksonville. And that's another place that has plenty of target opportunities for a young quarterback that hopefully is going to get better. So Cooper to Jacksonville also makes some sense. And, uh, Christian Kirk is somebody that, um, uh, according to you know one person that I heard from, uh, thinks might be the best player in this class after you get past Godwin and Adams. So... I mean, huge opportunity for him to sort of, I think, sort of take the next step. And, you know, you go back uh, two seasons ago before they acquired DeAndre Hopkins. uh, I remember we were having arguments with Ben Gretsch, who was in love with Christian Kirk and his potential. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins kind of squashed that a little bit. And then we saw some flashes of it last season. But I think in the right situation, you know, where he can be featured as the number one guy uh, and can see maybe, you know, north of 130 targets can be a, a, a difference maker. You know, maybe not a top 10 wide receiver, but maybe in the top 20 conversation. So Jacksonville, if they decide to go that route, Atlanta decides to go that route, you know, making him the, the feature guy, he could be a really fun fantasy option next year. And I, I wonder how he'd fit in Chicago opposite uh, Mooney. Mooney more of the deep threat and him running more of the underneath stuff. But, you know, it, it's interesting to think that you look at Allen Robinson and Christian Kirk and you say... I want Christian Kirk. Yeah, as a, if you're an NFL GM, youth. Yeah, I, that's the only thing, right? But if you if you think Robinson has lost a step, which that's some of the reason why uh, you know he may have struggled last year, and some of the reason why he may not be as coveted as some of these other guys, he was never a speed guy. And so you know, is the separation still there? Is the hand still there? I, probably so. But can he still make the same type of plays? The same type of you know, uh, 50, win the same type of 50, 50 balls, you know, those, those type of things. That's what you have to ask yourself. And so, um, again, quarterback playing Chicago, you know, to go back to Trubisky, uh, you know, then the transition to a younger quarterback in, in fields and the injuries last year, you know, so we just don't know where he's at in terms of his, his, his physical, the physical part of his game. But I think in the right situation, he could still be good. But I, again, it just comes down to what teams want. You know, I, I think if you have the right pieces in place, you just want to make Allen Robinson a complimentary guy, then yeah, sure. He's going to be the one more people co- covet. But, you know, if you're looking to rebuild your receiving core, like a Jacksonville, like in Atlanta, you know, there's probably n- another team or two that I'm missing. Um, he's, he's the perfect fit, you know, because you can build around him and then draft somebody. And then you have, you know, two young guys to hopefully have a nice future for your quarterback. Man, I just don't know what Christian Kirk has done to – to warrant this, you know, it's about perception. It's about what you see on film. You know, the, the person that I heard from, uh, is close to him. And so likes him a lot. All right. Well, and yeah, I think also like we might have to change our perception of like dollars and value because like, we've just seen David Njoku and Mike Gesicki get $11 million for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, but going back to the fantasy question of, what it would take for you to value him as a number three receiver on draft day and potential number two, like a top 30 guy, like I said. Um, for fantasy? Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's got to be, it's got to be a situation where it's 
not an elite player opposite him. So if he goes to Jacksonville and it's a rookie, if he goes to Atlanta and it's Pitts and a rookie, if he goes to Chicago, like Heath said, and it's Darnell Mooney, you know, those are the type of scenarios where you say, okay, I could be excited. Uh, Indianapolis, you know, if they move on from Hilton and it's him and Pittman. You know, I don't think you're viewing him as better than Pittman. I don't think you're viewing him as better than Mooney. But by the end of the season, that perception might change. So top 30 receiver, probably not on draft day, but top 36, top 40. And then with, uh, you know, the, the breakout moniker, the sleeper moniker, you know, whatever tag you want to assign to him, he'll fall into those type of categories for sure. All right. I want, we're talking about ideal landing spots. I don't know which team it is, but I want a fresh start for Juju Smith-Schuster. The guy is 25 years old. Hmm. And I just get him away from the worst, one of the worst passing offenses in football. And let's see what he can do. He had a 900-yard rookie season, which is always a great sign. He had a 1,400-yard sophomore season. He's been junk since then. Played one season with Mason Rudolph and, uh, oh, what was the other guy for the Steelers? Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges, thank you. I was going to say David Blau. It's Duck Hodges. Uh, and then the last two years with Ryan, this past year he played four, basically four games, played five officially. Uh, let's, I, I want to see, if, if we're looking at a revival, I mean, Juju's the guy, if there's anyone I think could just resurrect his career, to me it's Juju. Agree or disagree, Heath? Oh, you you know I, I'm going to yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I, love, I, I love Juju. So and I mean, he's basically the same age as Christian Kirk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with a better resume. It, what's that? With a better resume. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know that he has the better perception right now because Kirk's career has moved one direction and Juju's moved another the last couple of years. But no, there's a variety of situations that I could see being excited about him. Um, it's just like what we're going to have to figure out what the NFL teams fit. He's another guy I think could fit in Chicago pretty well. Um, I think he's a guy like he was down to the Chiefs and the Ravens or Chiefs and Steelers and Ravens last year, right? I think he'd fit opposite Tyreek Hill pretty well if they wanted to get away from Miko Hardman. Um, yeah, so, so let me follow up on that. Would you rather see Juju Smith-Schuster go to a place like Atlanta or Chicago where he has the chance to be the number one option, or would you rather him be a number two guy? I'd probably choose Atlanta first, for, like Jamie said, just just about for anybody because it's the one place where there's a ton of targets available and a competent quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Again, I, I'll throw Jacksonville in there too, just because I think there'll be much improved play from Trevor Lawrence and and huge opportunity. Uh, but you could see a situation. You know, Carolina wants to upgrade their second receiver, and if they move on from Robbie Anderson, and and that's the you know fit that they see, especially if they upgrade the quarterback. Washington certainly needs a you know I think. A, better number two receiver, you know, especially if they decide to do something different with Curtis Samuel, you know, a la Debo Samuel. Um, so quarterback upgrade there. But I I, I think you're going to see uh, him go to a high-profile situation, maybe for a little lesser money and, and almost do another one-year deal if he doesn't get this mega contract because I could see him wanting to be on a big stage, wanting to attach himself to a good quarterback. And, and the fact that Kansas City was interested last year, to me, that's a, an obvious choice. I could also see something like Arizona. You know, where if they decide right. to, you know, not bring back Kirk, not bring back A.J. Green, um, you know, having somebody like that with, uh, you know, reliable hands that could play two roles inside, outside um, for Kyler Murray, I think would be big also. You know, the, they're going to be the type of team, I think, if they don't work out a long-term deal with Kyler Murray to try to impress him, you know, with some of the weapons that they can bring in. And I think that would be the type of guy I think he can he can get on board with. 
And if if Dallas is going to go no Amari Cooper but bring back Michael Gallup, Juju might fit very well mm-hmm. as the slot guy playing with those two guys outside. I just don't know if they have the cap situation to bring two of those guys in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any idea what Juju's market's going to be. Yeah, that's a good point. And Juju, by the way, I mean, I'm looking at his 2018 season. I think that was his 1,400-yard season. He played probably about 60% of his snaps in the slot that year. So he's always been a slot guy. But last year, in the five games he played, he played 275 snaps, and 213 of them were in the slot. So it's just, they just really stopped using him outside, and, and his A dot was so low. But that that sort of makes sense when you have Claypool and, and Deontay. You know, that, but it's not good for him, is what I'm saying. I, I think they, I, I, don't, I don't think it was good for him. I just don't think Pittsburgh was a good yeah. situation for him. And, and to be fair, you know, you referenced that, that 2018 season, um, and a lot of people will probably agree with this that you might want to see him with a better receiver opposite him because his best numbers came with Antonio Brown, right. you know, where he wasn't the focal point. Right. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this about receivers, and we'll move on to running backs. Do you think, and I know I'm sorry we just can't get to everyone. It's just impossible. Do you think New England is a good destination? They're obviously going to be aggressive. They might have a very inexperienced play caller with very little pedigree, from what I understand. Uh, <laughs> but uh, do you think the Patriots would be a good destination for a wide receiver? Would you want to see your wide receiver end up there? No, unless you know, Juju actually might make some sense there if they move on from Jacoby Myers, because Myers is a free agent, and so you know, if if it's a similar system to what they've run, similar offense where the slot receiver has obviously been so dominant, then maybe a guy like that can have some success there. But you know, I think with still having the tight ends there, still having Aguilar, still having Bourne, the what they want to do with their run game. Mac Jones still not there yet as a passer. It's not the ideal situation. Let's talk about running backs here. Where do you want to see Leonard Fournette I go? Just before we move yeah. on, I think one thing that's going to be interesting to tell with this receiver market is just that this draft class is so loaded with talent mm-hmm. at that position. You know, so teams might not spend as much because they are going to look at you know youth and and, and contract situation there from the draft. Fournette coming off his, I don't know. I guess it was his best season in some respects. It was his best season. His best, okay. I know he had uh, at least one huge year with Jacksonville, but great year for Fournette. Big impact player. Where if do you he, want to? If see- he had missed the games, his numbers would have been better total wise. Where do you want to see him go, Heath? I think for all the running backs, there's two top spots, and then there's a second tier of of really good spots. But um, Arizona and Tampa Bay are the two places that, like, if you have a free agent running back on your dynasty roster, going to those two places, I think, are, are both pretty good. Arizona, I would give the edge to just because they have Kyler Murray at quarterback, and we don't know who Tampa Bay is going to have, and they might not be as good of offense. But I think if Connor doesn't return, if Edmonds doesn't return, that's the prime spot. Now, they may draft somebody. They've been linked to Spiller, I think, in the in the draft. So I wouldn't be surprised with Fournette with Connor if it's situations like we've seen with Melvin Gordon and other guys in the past where they go sign a free agent for five or six million dollars and then they draft somebody in round two or three as well. I would put Miami in that in that level too, just because of Mike McDaniel. You know, if they have the ability to take that same system, which has been just foolproof, you know, it hasn't been exactly great for a running back, but it's been great for the group. Um, Miami to me is a good landing spot for Fortnite also. Do you think the Cardinals and it's a hard question to answer, but what do you think? Yeah, they'll go away. I mean, you, I, maybe you kind of alluded to it, Heath, but will they go away from the the two back system and let 
one guy get the carries and the catches? Because that's obviously what we're looking for. I I don't think we have enough information, but I think it would probably depend on if they have a guy who they think can hold up to that. Last year, they had Chase Edmonds, who's not really a, a 20, 25 touch a guy game. He's done it a couple times, but they don't want to do it with him all season. And they had Connor, who has a really long list of injuries. I doubt they want to do that with a rookie and hand him that type of workload. But Fournette might be one of the guys on the market who has shown the ability to do that. So Kingsbury said, uh, when asked about his running back situation, he praised both of the guys in terms of Edmonds and Connor. Uh, he said, we'd like to bring back one. We can't bring back both, basically was the, the gist of his answer in terms of money. And then he started talking about Eno Benjamin, which – uh, when I when I tweeted something about that, the Eno Benjamin truthers just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at this. Any um, Eno Benjamin? We got a chat question. Any Eno Benjamin love? Yeah, I mean, King, King, <laughs> Kingsbury was talking highly about him at the combine. So, um, I think when you when you look at it, uh, Fournette makes a lot of sense there because uh, he can be what Connor was in that five games. I mean, the five games that Edmonds missed, Connor was just this amazing. I mean, you know. Can they get that over a 17-game season from any of the the guys that they have there? You know, whether it's somebody they bring in or somebody that they or they retain, and and that's the hope. You know, so it'd be great. It'd be great if they uh, if they committed to one. And I think the thing about it is, like you know, Connor could uh, could decide that he wants to um, you know stay for for less money. Uh, let me answer that. <laughs> did, I, did I throw you off with the comment here? But no, Donovan, I, I, mean, I said this yesterday. Yeah, Donovan says, JB was wearing a Red Sox hat yesterday. Interesting. He has a Yankees hat on today. And I was wearing a Mets hat on FFT and 5 on Sunday night. Uh, uh, well, two things. So I, I have three boys. They all play baseball. They all have three different teams, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Mets. Uh, but I said I'm going to wear a, a baseball hat, a different team baseball hat, as many as I have. I don't have that many. Um, until <laughs> uh, until the strike is over or the uh, lockout, lockout is over. Yeah. Hey, maybe today, maybe today. But also, I thought yesterday was CBS Windbreaker Day. I didn't realize that we're having a repeat today. Well, um, I can tell you, if you like, I'm wearing one of our former sponsor shirts, and it's not exactly PC. Um, so, mm, Manscaped? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have their boxers. And I, when I go outside, I have to be very careful not to like lift my shirt up too high and let the waistband show this manscape. Like that's kind of strange. Well, I, I wore this good. Uh, good dropping off my kids. The shirt dropping off my kids <laughs> at carpool today, and I was like, I hope nobody sees it because it's on the 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 chest. It's make your bleep happy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I would. Right. I would not want to wear that um, to drop off my kids. Okay. Anyway, but but <laughs> it's, it's a good product. I'm not gonna lie. Anyway, um, back to run. Cordero Patterson. Anybody buying Cordell Cordero Patterson could be a starting fantasy running back. Heath. I don't expect, and I, this could be wrong, but I don't think he's gonna be a starting NFL running back. Um, no one thought he was a starting running back before last year. He had a great, great run for, what, eight to ten weeks and then faded hard, and he's going to be 31 years old before the season starts. I I just can't – like, he could, he will go into somebody's 1B maybe, but I just kind of hope that he doesn't hurt anybody's value too much. So uh, the only thing I would disagree with there is uh, there is one team I think that would view him that way, and it's a team he just played for. And so Arthur Blank uh, indicated that – he wants to keep Cordero Patterson. I think Patterson is looking to, you know, cash in after the season that he just had. Um, as I, I think I mentioned this yesterday, Adam, that there, there are some publications when you look at the free agent running backs that have Patterson first uh, because of his versatility. Um, Question: yeah. do, you, do you think that's because of his special teams versatility? Because he is. Oh, I, I, I think all, all the above. Okay. I, I think you know you can, you know, especially losing Ridley, 
you know, they may pay a little bit more than another team may have to offer. And so the Falcons, what I would like to see personally, if they do do this, you know, and, and depending on what happens to Mike Davis is that the one B there is an upgrade over Mike Davis, you know, so that when Patterson does start to fade, then we see the flip and, and maybe what happened, you know, last year where Davis was lead guy, then Patterson showed some things. And if Patterson can't hold up, but they have such a huge need for playmakers, it just makes a lot of sense for them to keep him uh, because he knows what to do for that system. Um, I don't, I'd, I'd rather see fresh, you know, fresh blood there and, and, and a new body. But I do think we're going to see uh, a reunion of, of Cordero Patterson and the Falcons. Right, I'm going to give you some hypotheticals here. Break, we're going to do the, the breaking news. What was my stupid breaking news music? It was, was breaking. Your mystery draft uh, part two. Yeah. What was my breaking porn music? It was this one, right? Keith, do you know what we did yesterday? Breaking porn music. No. What? Oh, no. this is such a We bad did a mystery story. draft yesterday where Adam just gave us stats and we had to pick a player. You know, you do this on Twitter a lot. Um, Keith, uh, Dave ended up with a, well, it was a three round draft. Dave ended up with uh, Kirk Cousins, Miles Sanders, and Michael Pittman. That was his, that was his three picks. I had who was the quarterback? Justin, oh, Herbert. Justin Herbert, Joe Mixon, and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, <laughs> I think and, Dave lost that game. <laughs> and, but Dave also, Jamie picked Herbert before Dave had a chance to pick a quarterback. Dave picked Miles Sanders oh. over Mixon and Dobbins, and he picked Michael Pittman over Diggs and Lamb, just based on their profiles. It was it was a ridiculous game. I but, can understand the Miles Sanders one because I'm assuming that you put together the profiles yeah. and you kind of think Miles Sanders is the best running back in the history of the NFL. No. So second um, best. He probably sounded better than he is. No, it's just it was just his career numbers. Career five point one yards per carry, eight point six yards per catch, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he got a good profile. Seventeen runs of sixty yards or further. No, I, well, and, I didn't even uh, put that in there, but 432 of negative yardage. Imagine if if the Eagles treated Miles Sanders like the Bengals treated Joe Mixon. Imagine that. I think that was maybe the point of the exercise. I, if he could just stay healthy. Right. Yeah. All right. Hey, breaking porn news. Four teams have just signed running backs. The Falcons re-signed Cordaro Patterson. The Cardinals signed Melvin Gordon. The Dolphins signed Rashad Penny. And let's just leave it at that because I can't think of another destination for Leonard. Where should Leonard Fournette go? Stay home. Okay. Leonard Fournette is on the Bucks. How do you rank them? Fournette on the Bucks, Patterson on the Falcons, Penny to the Dolphins, Melvin Gordon to the Cardinals. Fournette one, Gordon two. Penny three, Patterson four. I would swap Gordon and Fournette for the time being because it's. I'm assuming Gordon's not sharing with anyone in this scenario yet. But if they added a second guy, then it would be that order. Yes. Eno Benjamin, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think if, if Melvin Gordon's sharing with Eno Benjamin, he's going to get a lot of touches. Here's a question from Albert. Where's the best fit for Chase Edmonds? Arizona with no Connor. Yeah, if that was possible. Um, I just, maybe the Raiders to play the James White role. Let's look at those Chase Edmond games without James Conner. Total league winner, as I recall. So, let's see. It was late in the season, right? It was the fantasy playoffs. Week 16, 16 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Eight catches for 71 yards. That was pretty awesome. Then not as good against the Cowboys. Uh, 23 touches, only 13. Did he fumble? 13.2. No. 
13.2 PPR fantasy points. 26.7 PPR fantasy points in week 16, 13.2 in week 17, but he had 23 and 24 touches in those two games. Pretty good average. It's a good average, and the and the touches are are fantastic. Yeah, I mean, if you had a running back in Arizona who could get both roles, you could have a, I mean, you could have a top five running back. Just been so good. So productive. All right. Um, anything else? There were a bunch of guys, Heath, that you wanted to throw in there. I know we don't we didn't have a ton of time, but you know, cover some other players that might be relevant right now. Um, yeah, we didn't. I think there's going to be a tight end that we didn't talk about that lands in a good spot. Maybe Indianapolis. There's still uh seven teams. Um, I maybe six now after the Cowboys. Six or seven teams that have a hundred or more uh tight end targets to replace from last year. And most of the guys we were thought were going to be exciting tight end targets are not uh, going to be free agents anymore. So Zach Ertz, OJ Howard, Evan Ingram landing in the right spot could be very interesting for this year. And I'd like to see Ronald Jones get one spot somewhere where they already have a pass catching running back. And they just like, if you told me they were going to pair him in Miami with Miles Gaskin and the Dolphins got that offensive line fixed, I think Jones could have a good year there. Jones is, I was thinking, when you said Jones, Miami to me is, makes the most sense because they don't need to throw to their running backs to have success. Mm-hmm. And you look at, you know, Mostert was never a big pass catcher. Obviously, Mitchell last year, you know, you go back through in the Kyle Shanahan guys, they just don't throw to that position very often. And so Jones doesn't need to have that part of his game, you know, necessarily be the thing that carries him through, you know. So he's not going to be a top 10 type running back in Miami, but he can be kind of like what Mitchell was. Um, better in non-PPR than PPR and still very serviceable if he gets that type of opportunity, for sure. Yeah, I, I really think Ronald Jones, if you get him on a minimum contract, would be a good fit for the Giants. And I think he could be fantasy relevant because you just Barkley's getting hurt so often and Booker was fantasy relevant and Gallman was fantasy relevant and I think they're just going to cycle through backup running backs for when Barkley gets injured. And that's I can see Jones uh, in Seattle also if Penny leaves. You know, Carson's not right. You know, that's yeah. another system that he can he can have some success in too. Right. He, I mean, he's the guy who could be basically a handcuff that nobody drafts, and then starter gets hurt, and he's the hot waiver wire guy because he's a somewhat known commodity. I think if he leaves and goes to a team, even in a backup situation, he'll still be one of those late round flyers. Like I'll tell you, a team that makes a lot of sense, which I would love to see, Kansas City. Daryl Williams, a free agent. Jarek McKinnon. I mean, I know that he doesn't catch the ball very much, but he can. He can certainly do some things in the in the running game. Maybe that. Changes the role for Edwards Lair. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe Edmonds to Kansas City to take the the Daryl mm. Williams role. So I do think that's a that's a, if Edmonds goes to Kansas City, he's taking the Edwards Lair role too. Probably. I think probably so. <laughs> okay, let's read some emails. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. Anthony from a city that lost two teams, one of which just won the Super Bowl. St. Louis. What was the other team they lost? The St. the Cardinals used to be St. Louis. Oh yeah. Wait, they were? Yes. Baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the baseball. football Cardinals used to be St. Louis. I don't remember them as the St. Louis Cardinals. I remember them as the Phoenix. Cards, I believe. What would you say, Jamie? You weren't born yet. Yeah, still, I should have known that. Okay. Who was their best player? Oh, Stan Musial. Not baseball. <laughs> I don't know who was their best player. Was a uh, former commentator. He grew up listening to him. Jason Witten. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rose? Dan Deardorf. Who? Dan Deardorf. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. I think I took a picture. I did take a picture with Dan Deardorf once. I looked like I was 
eight years old. He he was so big. He's huge compared big to big guy. Big dude. All right. In a keeper league, how much does Debo Samuel getting dual eligibility increase his value? If he's wide receiver eight, but I can play him at running back if needed, is he more valuable than, say, wide receiver four? Is anybody doing um, this? <laughs> no. Well, let's just say hypothetically he had dual eligibility. <laughs> Where would Maybe you rank move him? Move up a couple spots. It's worth something. Okay. I don't know if he's going to be top five wide receiver. He's not going to crack the. You know, call I mean, look Adams, if Adams leaves or, or doesn't keep Rogers with him, Debo might be better. Well, there's big five, and then who's six for you guys? Diggs. Diggs. Okay, so if Debo has dual eligibility, Diggs or Debo? Diggs, but I would probably take Debo over AJ Brown at seven. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say probably like I've got him twelve right now. I'd probably move him to eight. All right, this is Mike from Philly. I need to keep two in the first 11 rounds and two in round 12 or higher. It's a 10-team super flex league, and he has the 10th overall pick. So he needs two in the first 11 rounds. McCaffrey in the first, Kelsey in the first, Mixon in the second, Devontae Adams in the first, Jamar Chase in the seventh. Bingo. That's a bingo. All right, what are we doing? Pick two. I'll pick one. So Chase in the seventh, and then you've got either McCaffrey, Kelsey, or Adams in the first, or Mixon in the second. Adams, as long as he gets franchised today, for me. Um, does he know when he's picking? Tenth. Tenth. So it's not it's not Mixon in the second, I don't think. Unless, maybe, but... It's also a super flex league in case that matters, which it doesn't. I would go Mixon in the second. Go Bengals, go. Really? Well, but right, but, but the second round pick is only pick 11. He's got the 10th and the 11th pick, so. Oh, it's, oh, it's a 10 team. Right. It's a 10 team league. Oh, yeah. So it's a, first and second pick are only separated by one pick. They're yeah, the same, so. basically. So, so McCaffrey, yeah, Kelsey, Mixon, and Adams all have the same value. I would go with Adam with uh, Chase and McCaffrey. And I'd go Chase and Adams. Okay, we need two more here. Now round 12 or higher. Cordaro Patterson, J.K. Dobbins in the twelfth round. Staff, oh Stafford and okay, this is over. Stafford and Hurts, fourteen and fifteen. Super flex. Yep. I suppose Dobbins in the fourteenth is worth considering. In, in well, you can't keep Dobbins instead of McCaffrey or the other guys in the first round. No. No. Two from each group. I'd probably go Hurts and Dobbins, but I wouldn't argue with Hurts and Stafford. Yeah, super flex league. I'd keep the two quarterbacks. Okay, this is from. <laughs> See if you get this greeting, Heath. Matt from somewhere in Ontario. Dear Morn, Nasty, and Rupee. Um, are those all Wordle answers? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And honestly, man, screw you for getting me hooked on Quartle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the other day when my name was in it? No. Heath was one of the words. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, I must have seen that because I do it. Yeah, every day. And then and and the thing with the quarter is they got the practice rounds, so it, you don't even get cut off. I don't one. do the practice rounds ever. You got to have, have some discipline. <laughs> I have the 12th pick in a dynasty startup next week. It is a 12-person PPR super flex league with three flex positions and tight end premium. So we start 10 players. Super flex with three flexes, tight end premium. It, the draft is next week. He has the 12th pick. <clears throat> Would it be wise to take a... Oh, and this is not a rookie draft. This is a dynasty startup. All right, now here we go. 
Would it be wise to take a trade offer that would give me the sixth overall pick? I would give up uh, 2.1 and 4.1 and move up six spots and also get the sixth pick in the ninth round. So you still keep 12 though, right? Yes, but you lose 13. Yes. You lose 13 and the first pick of round four to move up six spots. You can say you'll have six and twelve. That, yeah, all right. I, and you also get a ninth pick. I don't pick. think I don't think in suit. I don't think I would. But um, you get a chance at a, at hopefully one of the elite players. You're still keeping your other pick in the first round. You're getting a pick in the sixth round back, right? Ninth round. Ninth round back. Uh, yeah, I do it. I don't know that I would because in Superflex, when you lose that fourth round pick, that's going to make quarterback tough. Yeah, but six, take assuming round. Mahomes and Allen probably go in the first five picks. Yeah. If not, you get one of them. You're not getting one of those guys at 12. Who are the real prizes in Dynasty in a Superflex league? It's two quarterbacks, two. two receivers, and Taylor. And So you're saying it's, it's uh, Mahomes, Allen, Jefferson, Chase. Taylor. Off the top and of my I, head, that's that would be what do you think he is? Yeah, oh, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd probably go Lamar or Herbert next, but Okay. All right. So yeah, you're not there. you're not it, yeah, Herbert should be in the top six too. So if you're not getting you're not getting Herbert. Okay, uh this is from Rob in Houston. I am in officially win now mode after dealing for Jonathan Taylor. I'm now being offered this trade. I give up James Conner, I get Robert Woods, PPR. I do it. I think it's fine if you have better running backs than receivers. I get, you just traded for Taylor, so I assume that, that Connor's a depth piece at running back, and I think it's fine. I think they're about equal. Good stuff. Good show. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll be back on Thursday to talk about the other side of free agency. Which players could lose if, say, their team adds a wide receiver? Oh, that's fewer targets for a player X, whatever. Which players could lose in NFL free agency? We'll tell you that on Thursday's show. Thanks so much for watching and listening. By the way, if there's any breaking news, big-time breaking news, you can expect a bonus podcast. For Heath, for Jamie, I'm Adam. Have a great day, everybody.